Stop schlepping to the drugstore and paying $20 for shave tech you don't need. For a couple bucks a month, DollarShaveClub.com delivers amazing quality razors right to your door. Shave time, shave money with Dollar Shave Club. Go to DollarShaveClub.com slash rooster. That's DollarShaveClub.com slash rooster. This episode of The Patch is brought to you by NatureBox, where you can order great tasting healthy snacks right to your door. Snack smarter in the new year with healthy and delicious treats like French toast granola. Support this podcast and get 50% off your first order. Go to NatureBox.com slash rooster teeth. That's NatureBox.com slash rooster teeth. We have no it, idea what's happening. Maybe this has happened. Maybe I don't again. know. Hey, th- another Gus Free episode with Ashley, Bernie, and Ryan. I'm only going to say my name once. Sorry. So, welcome back to the patch. I will be getting Twitter to yeah. see what anyone has to say if they tweet to the hashtag hashtag the patch. Actually, we should welcome you back. Where were you last? I week? know I, we were really busy because of some other things. Shooting, we're taking away some. Oh, he already hunters, spoiled so. it. Okay, immersion. Yeah, immersion did it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we had to shoot a lot. In a very short amount of time with uh, Gavin and Michael. So, how can we even talk to you about being a scientist for immersion? Because you seem like you'd have some really terrible ideas to have. You did. You torture people. You you did come to me. And, and what'd you I, say? You said fuck off. I said yes. Oh well. <laughs> why do you, you forgot say, about? Me? Why do you say yes more emphatically? I guess that's the answer. That's the question I want to ask. Uh, yeah, there's some stuff coming up that um, we have some opportunity. I should talk to you about it. So, all right, you guys, I'm not I sure this is the place for a job right interview. That's <laughs> <laughs> funny. You guys were doing a let's build the other day. We talked about your job interview. Mm-hmm. Where you had to go through three interviews to come yep. work at the <laughs> Driving company. up from Corpus Seriously? Christi. Yeah. yeah. What are you, Microsoft? New kid at the time, too, right? Or was yes. your wife? Eli was like a week old when yeah. I came up the first time. I remember that. Wow. Uh, that was, it was pretty amazing that I got an interview at all, honestly, because you guys were, you went through out of your way to post on Craigslist, so you got someone that was here in town, and then I just messed up the system. So, whoops. But, then you, but then you fixed it. You made it all I better. I did. He still drives from Corpus every day for I work. do. Can you believe it? It's four it's and a half a hours. Mm-hmm. It's. I'm, I, After this, I'm going back. I admire your dedication. <laughs> Thank sir. you. Well, we have a ton of stuff we to do, talk about. Because we, we had do. an early patch last week, so there's so, an extra day of news. There is, and that was the Eve day. And that was the day that Eve exploded. Everyone was really disappointed that we didn't talk about <laughs> the Eve battle last week because we recorded on Tuesday. Um, and that was insane. Now, apparently, they're erecting a memorial. They, that battle was so big. They did. They already it's, did. It. It's, now like, it's now like the, like the graveyard. Um, it's called like Titanfall or... Something like that. It's something appropriately really? epic sounding. Did they call it that? Titanfall? No, it's not Titanfall. <laughs> <laughs> Eve Online Memorial. I'll look that up. I think but you guys actually mentioned an but idea. But it's like a Titan graveyard now. Is it? You guys mentioned an idea a long time ago when they were talking about cataclysm on one of the you know straight RT podcasts uh, of digital tourism. And it, is this just another marker on the digital tourist's kind of journey now is to stop by the Titan graveyard? Yeah, I would think so. It's like if you've been to like certain areas, like I mean, I'm sure there's going to be people who play in the EVE Online community uh-huh. who are going to be talking about this event for years and years. Like they were they're there They're going to show it. their grandchildren. This, they're they're going to take them into this game, which will definitely still be running when they have grandchildren. And they're going to say, your grandfather fought in this war. <laughs> he fought here. He fought well. This is where he lost his leg. <laughs> he got his purple medal. Right there. Do you know what the cause of it was? I'm just reading this. The guy yeah, so um, <laughs> one of the one of the corporations, like a, a build, there's a to control a system, you have to control this like this station, and um, it was set up to have like an auto bill payment, but for whatever reason, it didn't go through. So basically, their control of the system lapsed, and everyone went, went just went. <gasps> wow. And just like dogpiled on it, and then everyone else got in, and they were just like, "Let's fight!" And it just yeah. became this. Well, another, enormous, enormous thing. Another group actually did get control of the station. Yeah. They, well, which is basically just, I guess, paid the bill. After they burned through <laughs> thousands of player hours and an estimated $330,000. And there's, that's, an, wow. that's an important thing to clarify because a lot of EVE players, I've noticed, get a little bit up in arms about the real-world valuing of what that means because you, can't, you couldn't take any of those ships and sell them and make real money. What it is, is they take... Um, well, not on the legal way. <laughs> yeah, can um, you not transfer the ownership of a ship, is what you're saying? Or you're, you're not allowed to make money on EVE Online. Online. Like, you're not, you can't make real money from us. So, no, you can't sell your ship. Um, they, it's a terms of service thing. Where, where that value actually comes from is... Um, so, there's these pilot's licenses. They're Plex. And, um, and so, people take... That's basically like a month of game time, Right, it's a and crude so game it, time. Yeah, so they take it and they, you know, figure like how much this is worth based on how much time it would have taken to do this, like to go through and, you know, mine these resources and do all these things and build the thing and train up your hours so that you can actually fly the thing. 
and so on. And so that's how they actually accrue it, is, is um, the conversion rate is pilot's licenses. That makes sense. So it's an inventory item that has to live on the ship. Ship gets destroyed, it's gone. Basically. No, it's, it's time. Yeah. No, but I'm they're saying like game converting time. time. It's an, an aggregation of game time. So how does the destruction of a ship equate to game time? Uh, because of the amount of time it would have taken to build that ship, like this, especially the the big ones that were uh, that were as part of that battle, the Titans, the one that everyone is that talking about, there were seventy five destroyed, um, can take anywhere from like three thousand to six thousand, maybe seven thousand hours. The largest spacecraft to- in the game, the Titan class warship, takes many alliances to build and operate, and each one is worth an estimated three thousand dollars in real money. I guess in player time. Yes, um, okay. although there was one that was destroyed. That was, I want to say, it went up to it was like five or six thousand dollars. That was like mm-hmm. the big one that everyone's talking about. It was an Erebus class Titan that was valued at a. It was, you know, trillions of ISK. I don't, honestly, like, the, it's now... I was reading all about this, and I was like, oh, this is the most amazing thing. But now, like, the exact numbers are starting to escape me, because uh, it's been a week. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like you're playing one of the final cutscenes in Mass Effect 3. Like, when yeah. all the ships come in, and you got that one massive ship from the Asaris that comes in. God, to take down that ship must have been a great feeling. Oh, I, I hope they get that kind insane. of reports. I don't know anything about EVE Online. You do- I'm afraid it's one of those games. You have games that you're afraid to play. Uh-huh. Like you hear yeah. about them and like, I'm just not going to touch it. And EVE Online is a game that I'm afraid. I have a spreadsheet for Viva Pinata. <laughs> so I can't imagine what this game would do to me. Well, yeah. funny, EVE is one of those games where I forget it exists until this happens. Mm. It just completely goes off my radar. And then they have a giant battle and everybody pays attention again. And then it kind of goes back down to a very quiet simmer. Which is weird because then Ashley is saying that the players in the game are disappointed when they have these things. But these are the headlines that everyone reads, and that's yeah. why people go and do it. So yeah. the players should be happy about it. I oh, know no, the developers are probably ecstatic. Oh, I'm No, sure. it's more just, it's not that the players are up in arms about the battle being reported on. Of course they're thrilled about that. It's um, it's just when you start to say, this you know, is worth this much money in real world, they're all going, well, wait, 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 you can't make that money. Uh-huh. So it's not that. It's just a, it's just a, a way to, I guess, evaluate how much damage was done, not saying, like, you could have sold this stuff. Yeah. So that's that's sort of where the, the line is. But, of course, they love it being reported I on. I mean, it's amazing. People start getting really critical when they're like, you lost how much money? Like, are you stupid? Like, why would you do that? But, yeah, it's a game. I Because mean, it was awesome. Yeah, because it was a, <laughs> the biggest space battle that will probably take place in our history. There are these um, screenshots. <laughs> probably in our lifetimes. <laughs> this might be one of the biggest space battles. There's these screenshots of, I mean, it's just like you look at the screenshots, or there's actually a couple of videos of it on YouTube um, that you just look, and it's just a mess of ships. It's just like you see these little tiny dots, and you're like, that's a that's like a frigate, like this big chip. And, um then there was, there was one screenshot that showed every ship as an orange dot, mm-hmm. and it was just, it was insane. Just It was an orange screen with a couple of spaces. Uh, at the, across the entire 21-hour battle, 7,500 gamers participated. Gamers destroyed assets. I guess they're saying that's, that's 7,500. The exact number is 7,548 gamers. That's crazy. Crazy. Wish. As I understand it from playing it, it was probably just about a series of screenshots to actually be there. Yeah. Really? It was so choppy and there's, laggy with um, that many ships. There's something they call time dilation, which I get the feeling you need to be an EVE player to really understand. But it was something about saying that um, you'd see one second every ten seconds or something like that. There was, there was a, a ten to one difference in t- time dilation. It's just real, I guess. Like in real combat, whenever you have that. It, uh, Adrenaline. You know, everything slows down. And you can make <laughs> incredible moves that you're... Not expecting. I'll look up time you, you dilation. You start seeing in screenshots. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Lag in EVE is generally caused by a high volume of players performing complex actions in space. The reason for this lag is that each player requires a certain amount of actions to be processed in a timely fashion, and that during a high load situation, our hard work cannot keep up with player demand. This is most noticeable in fleet fight scenarios. Time dilation works by slowly... Uh, by slowing down the time in EVE when a node reaches a high load, this allows the hardware to process commands in its own time, slowing all solar systems on the node by the amount required to ensure stability. Interesting. So it phase shifts a system based on the, ha- the real-world hardware that's like – and it does some kind of calculation. That's, pro- that's making all the calculations. And in this case, it was like a tenth. Basically, I mean, and that's the point, right? What is lag? Lag is the difference between me and everybody else. Yep. So if everyone's at the same level, it's just a slower game. It's not Once a lag. Once the server game. starts going down, yeah, then it puts everybody on more equal footing. Yeah. It makes you wonder how long the battle would have lasted in real time. If it took 21 hours, 
Just take that, divide it by 10, and that was the actual battle time. That makes it somewhat less impressive. I'm not going to look. I still, haven't still, seen it. Like, but that makes it what, like a two-hour battle. There's got to be a pretty good poll. There's got to be guys in this community who all they do is document, right? Like, they go out and they film these big battles, and then they speed them up to real time or something like that. The yeah, that's what... journalists. That yeah. is actually what a lot of More people did. Um, <laughs> and uh, I want to say CCP ended up doing a battle report on it. Hmm. They're the ones who did the official evaluation at three hundred to three hundred thirty thousand uh, dollars worth of damage. Do you read about the guy who's doing that in GTA? That's the way he plays GTA Five. Uh-huh. He's like an urban photographer. He just he doesn't play any of the games. He just goes around and photographs like cops fighting uh-huh. crooks and crooks killing each other. I do black and white. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do love that people can find just completely unique ways to play games that were they were never intended. Mm-hmm. But you see it and you go, oh, it's amazing. I love it. Well, some the, some people the, build a very good company based on that. Kind of <laughs> as the flexibility of the games kind of expands, and all of a sudden that makes that, that ability something that's uh, possible. In fact, I think one of the ones we wanted to talk about this week was uh, the very, very ambitious plan by, uh, I forget the company name, but it's Reroll. The ones that are mapping out the Earth with drones. Which Crazy. That story doesn't look like Google it's Maps? real, right? But eventually it has to be, right? So what, yeah. a little bit more in depth. Can you explain a little bit more for people who aren't familiar with it? Uh, basically, it's a company that their new game, uh, to build their environment, what they're going to do is they're going to take a bunch of drones and just launch them and map the surface of the Earth uh, and use that as the game environment. Uh, the game itself, is, or at least the project. I don't know if it's a final title. But and the drones Reroll. are going to stay in service. Here's the drones. Yeah, are those the, the drones? Yeah. Those That's are drones. a way cooler drone than I've ever seen. That thing looks awesome. The drones I've seen look like the thing you get at, like, Brookstone with the way they control an iPad. That thing like is incredible. Like quadcopters. But, um, it, uh, it, and the drones are going to stay in service and uh, re- update the world, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in this. It seems like if they're going to have this technology and do it, that a great application would be for navigation, not just for gaming. Yeah, it doesn't seem like – I mean, this ad is so – or that concept is so far-reaching, it seems like it's not real. I mean, are they, are they planning on mapping the entire world? Well, I mean – Obviously, with it's, it's you got to take it with a little grain of salt. Like kind of, it's like a Peter Molyneux kind of introduction. Yeah, it's, oh, like, it's getting Molyneux. This is what they want to do. How much are they actually going to be able to do? And you know, how much of it is just water? Like you don't really need to map the ocean. I guess you could mm. fly a drone over any island you happen to come across. I but. guess so. They could also then license with uh, Amazon when they get their drones and just get <laughs> updates from packages. Everyone who gets like a box of Gatorade. You know, powder delivered to them. They'll have information on their backyard and what that looks like. You think there'd be a lot of privacy issues around that, though? I mean, you're talking about collecting a lot of images of people's actual homes. That's true, but it's not like it stopped Google Maps. That's true, mm-hmm. but Google Maps also did had to do a lot to obscure faces, and I mean, there's a lot of technology that went into not showing you things on Google Maps. That's true, although like no license plate, no, no faces, yeah. that kind of things. That's true, although there's also you know the fact that. The top of your head is probably not distinctive enough for True. most people. To also, I don't a fair imagine number of naked people that slip through. I don't <laughs> imagine the real world or this re-roll world. Uh, it's an environment. It's not meant to have the people in it. Like so, they'll probably just strip all that data out. Yeah. Somehow, I don't know how, uh, but they'll do it. It's very ambitious, um, and it's from an ex uh, Ubisoft developer. Mm-hmm. A couple uh, of ex Ubisoft guys. Is that what it is? A couple guys that are doing yeah. it. Yeah. So it's uh, it's really interesting. I always thought we'd get to a point where. There was some kind of standardization of materials in some of these engines. Like we, you know, a lot of times when you're playing a video game, when it first loads up, there'll be um, uh, you'll see a lot of like title slates, and they're for licensed technology, usually for physics engines and things like that. Mm-hmm. And they put those at the beginning. It's just because after we, that's how games get better and better. You know, it's the reason why at the end of a generation of consoles, yeah, share technology, yeah. exactly. I always thought there'd be some kind of like company that would have a standardization of like properties of materials like this is what steel is this is how what it takes to get through steel like and this is what a typical gun does and they would standardize some of that stuff so you could literally build worlds out of material and if uh you know a bullet from a 45 hits a concrete barrier this is what happens to well it. to some degree that does exist it's most of that stuff is dependent on the shaders that are built into the engine that's rendering them so a particular engine like say unreal uh may have those shaders that are presets in it but uh, but but aside from the shaders, what about the physics of it? The physics of it, I mean, that's a whole different thing. I mean, look at PhysX. They're still kind of trying to get in. Such an appropriately named engine. We're going to mention Tress Effects for the billionth time on the patch. <laughs> AMD's Tress Effects. Uh, yeah, I mean, the physics is, uh, is something that's still being really kind of set out in a fashion that can be integrated into games mm-hmm. without too much overhead. So that's what NVIDIA and AMD are both really trying to work into the graphics cards is the ability to offload that information from the CPU 
uh, and get more of that physics in the game. It's getting there. I mean, it's come a long way. Well, but, I, think, I think the thing that can happen, though, is that, especially with something this ambitious, is you start to see that there's a very quick diminishing return on realism in video games. Mm-hmm. You don't want... You really don't want realism in a video game. In GTA, uh, when I'm driving across the city, it takes me about four and a half, five minutes, and it still seems like forever. In Los Angeles, it takes an hour and a half of my life to do that. <laughs> I never have to stop and fill up my car with gas in GTA Five. You I don't get to, parking tickets. You don't well, get park. Well, you get could get parking tickets. Would you, you care somebody. in GTA? Yeah. 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 Do you get pulled over for speeding? <laughs> yeah, but it's like there's none of one star. There's none of that, and you don't want. <laughs> and then they shoot you. You don't want 100 percent realism. Mm-hmm. And with something like this, I don't know if people realize. The world's huge. It's yeah. the world is a huge place. That would be a great multiplayer map. Like, uh, I'll just never find you. you. Ever. You know, ever. Seek, you win. Yeah. It's over. You know what I want to what I want them to map and put in is all those uh, pictures that show up on Reddit of these crazy landscapes, like these amazing waterfalls and just pits in the earth and just amazing like just crazy things that you just like that can't be real. <laughs> I want them to go and I want them to, to scan those and I want them to put those in games. But then you'll never like believe the, they're the, real because the it's digital. The best of the Earth. <laughs> this is it's, the best of series for the Earth. better than real. I like I, it. All right. I, it would be great to just like be a developer there and just make shit up. <laughs> like, here's a pyramid in Nebraska. Oh, yeah, this exists. Sure. Yeah. Sure, why not? <laughs> go find out. <laughs> See if you can get there in real life. You and won't then be able what you to. do is you go there and you set up a tourist shop on that location so that you catch all the people coming to visit the real thing. That's a, that's a very small You have a market. very small <laughs> picture. <laughs> like a little tiny thing. From the re-roll aficionados. <laughs> The, uh, I, play, I play a game on my iPhone. It's essentially a game. I don't know what it's an app. Where it's called Fog of the World, where it treats the world like an RTS map, where when you go somewhere, it unlocks it and unfogs that part of the world. And I can see everywhere I've been. But then there's a stat in there which says what percentage of the world you have discovered I, or, like, walked across. I'm like at, like, a millionth of a percent of the world. It's nothing. And I've been playing the game for two years. And I'm, like... I think I'm ranked like easily top 100 in that game in the world, and it's just like you, you just brag about you it. can't touch you can't touch a uh-uh. significant portion of the world in your life, and I've learned that playing this game, and I'm it's depressing. Well, it's depressing. Now think about that. So you that you keep that on when you're flying, right? I do. So you do a, f- a pretty good amount of flying. Yeah. Uh, and you've flown a lot of different places too. You're mm-hmm. not just in the air to the same place all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so imagine now how many drones it'll take to well, I- unlock that same amount of just Earth. I can't. I can't imagine. In a, in a they got to be at an altitude where they can actually get detail in a photo of the ground, and then what's the possible field of view for mm-hmm. that? And then they got to cover all that. No, it's just it's ambitious, really ambitious. Really ambitious. And then at the end of the day, they're just going to scale most of it down. You yep. know, they're going to have to. It's because nobody wants to actually. It's that it goes back to that. Uh, no one wants the real realism. You don't actually want it to take twenty hours to get from where you are to the mountain. No, true. Unless the, there's a lot of really fun stuff on the way. There never is. No, there's not. Not, not in the real world. <laughs> the only thing that actually takes <laughs> as much time in a video game as it does in real life is when you're trying to climb a mountain and you're not supposed to and you just refuse to give up. <laughs> I'm going to go over this mountain no matter what. I'm definitely one of those I guys. I can make it. Yeah. Without climbing gear, I can make it. There's a rock I can jump on. <laughs> if I run horse. sideways, I can do this. I do that all the time. And then I learned in Skyrim you can just get on a horse and a horse can basically yeah. run over the top of a mountain <laughs> in about two seconds. Well, I guess the, I mean. You went for ages without riding a horse. Didn't I didn't you? even know it was a thing. Really? I fast traveled. Look, I fast okay. traveled. All right, fair enough. So, yeah. The horse is How, not that great. I mean, it's all right. I also don't want to point out the fact that I played the first probably two hours of Fallout 3 without knowing about the VAT system. I was shooting everything <laughs> manually. I didn't go into VATs at all and target anything. So that was pretty dumb. So basically, you're really bad at Bethesda games. Pretty much. Or yeah. tutorials. Yeah, or tutorials. Yeah, <laughs> also tutorials. That. So I guess the other end of the spectrum, though, from that ultra-realism, because there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of news coming out of Nintendo lately. They're really yeah. trying to figure out how to come back from what they've lost here with the, the Wii U. Uh, Which is so so bizarre to me because they did so well last generation. Yeah, but that was a didn't, that was an accident. They? But it's it's still money, whether or not it came in by accident. And or now, not. and now that maybe they lost it in the Eve battle. <laughs> and, now, <laughs> and now that money's in their bank, uh, as someone put it, they slipped on a banana. Yeah. Um, but no, they they got they, hit by the blue shell. So they they have the money, but not anymore. The, I don't I don't think. Well, they've they've got several billion. Okay. In the bank still. Um, I got a quote here from Venture Beat. Uh, com. It Read says, us your quote. Nintendo has billions of dollars in the bank. That's money it could spend on tacos, Vegas gambling vacations, or mm, potentially tacos. major acquisitions. Tacos. The publisher is struggling right now, and a quick way Nintendo could shake things up other than putting those billions 
on black at the Palms Resort is to merge with another big company. But is a merger or acquisition in Nintendo's future? Possibly, but not necessarily. But they have indicated that they are seeking mergers and acquisitions. Um, I'm not that surprised, although uh, I think you and I have interpreted this differently. You interpreted it uh, to mean that they are open to being bought, and I interpret it as they are looking to acquire companies, specifically potentially health technology companies, because they did say that they want to move into the health industry. They want to develop some non-wearable technology, and they've redefined their... uh, definition of entertainment as something that improves one's quality of life in enjoyable ways. But I That's don't think, almost a quote. I don't think Nintendo acquiring a health company is going to move the outlook for their company in terms of a public stock, you know, publicly traded company. They're not that's not going to move them. Like they're going to be looking at like making acquisitions in their core, which is I think everyone thinks they've lost out on. They've lost the center of their business, which is video games. Yeah. Don't you agree? I mean, am yeah, I, no, they am have. I... They they really misstepped with the Wii U, uh, and they're taking some steps to kind of correct that. Apparently, the Wii U was extremely slow to get to do anything you wanted to do on it, uh, especially the gamepad. Uh, and they're going to release an update that'll clean up the system a bit. Something Microsoft is also doing, which we'll yeah. talk about in a minute. Mm-hmm. But they've they've also indicated that uh, that the potentially the next um, like the next generation of their hardware, the um, they want to make it almost a unified operating system like an iOS or an Android so that it powers both the living room console and the handheld um, so that they have an easier time moving software from one to the other. I wonder if they're watching the Vita really closely right now to see how that does. It's yeah. been kind of a rocky start for Vita. Um, it has, but sales, um, I, apparently because of remote play, um, sales have gone up like 163%. And I think that's a UK number. Um, since the PS4 launch, because people like being able to just remote play. I, I would but imagine. Then again, that's kind of what the gamepad's for. Yeah. Yeah, but don't you imagine, too? It's like, would you look at. If you're Nintendo and the DS is now a cornerstone of your business, would you look at the Vita or would you be looking at the iPhone? Because that's iPhone. where everything is moving in that direction. That's what everybody's walking around with. Uh-huh. Or in their backyard, Samsung, you know, is a Korean company. Um, you know, it's, uh, that's what I'd be more concerned about if I was oh, Nintendo. Apparently, they are actually looking into that. Uh, give me one second. I'll read this real quick. Uh, this episode of The Patch is brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. Stop schlepping to the drugstore and pay $20 for shave tech you don't need. For a couple bucks a month, dollarshaveclub.com delivers amazing quality razors right to your door. Shave time, shave money with Dollar Shave Club. We love them, and you will too. Obviously, I need to do a little bit more of it. So I'm going to go to dollarshaveclub.com slash rooster. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash rooster. Sing it again. Did I use my announcer voice well enough there? I did. I liked this sing song. Nice. <laughs> Touching your cheek was dreamy. Uh, yes. Well, <laughs> Tumblr, you were right. Uh, oh. I <laughs> <laughs> they uh, apparently you get three. There's three blades you can choose from. You get a free handle. Uh, you know they got all the bells and whistles like lubricating strips. Uh, go to dollarshaveclub.com alone. I mean slash rooster for the alone. For, yeah, no, no, just dollarshaveclub.com. <laughs> yeah, in a privacy of your own home <laughs> when, when you're not being followed by a drone from Ubisoft developers. Uh, but if you go to dollarshaveclub.com, if you've never been there before, they have the world's greatest commercials as well. Really? Uh, yeah, and then to take part in uh, the deal that they're offering through here, it's dollarshaveclub.com/slash rooster. And you can also get their uh, Dr. Carver shave butter and one wipe Charlie's flush. Moist wipes. I, I really like this company because they're, they're people who get <laughs> online media. They get the internet. They really do. And you can see it in, in their They're ads. viral. All yeah. right. So, I mean, you know, they're doing direct to home and all that stuff too. So it's a really, really cool company. But yeah, speaking yeah. of people who can't shave much, Nintendo fans. Yeah. Well, so look, <laughs> wow. we, we were saying Smooth about the segue. mergers and right acquisitions. Back, so? in, the language of business is interesting because usually it's like if you look at when someone talks about mergers and acquisitions, a company will say, we acquired a company. But very few people say they were acquired. They merged with somebody. So it's usually – it's a different languages. They're basically the same thing, right? Uh, so they'll say – they'll call it a merger typically when it's done to them. And the fact that uh, Nintendo is out there saying they're looking at acquisitions and mergers, uh, a merger is with someone typically on their own level. You know, and companies that are Nintendo's level are few and far between. That's like Google money there. Yeah, and so that would be someone like them going in together. Who acquires who? You know, who the hell knows? Uh, but then they call it a merger. Like Disney and Pixar. You know, it looked like Disney acquired Pixar, but they called it a merger. And, you know, and Pixar had Pixar a lot more value. Pixar is running Disney. Pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting you said uh, iPhone. I don't know why. iPhone. I, iPhone. Uh, <laughs> iPhone it's like stuff. a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> iPhone. Apparently, it didn't. It's okay. <laughs> we got an hour, dude. We're good. Apparently, Nintendo is actually looking at 
doing some apps, potentially even games for iPhone. Uh, games well, is more of a stretch, but they're, mm-hmm. they've recognized that that market is really important, especially to bring new people over to their existing consoles. Uh, and apparently they're looking into that. Yeah, yeah. That's got to be so well established in Japan, too. Like, I don't know. I've always heard the iPhone doesn't have as much traction in Japan. And it's, it's huge here. And it's losing ground even in the U.S. Yeah. Uh, to other phones. But uh, I, I think that maybe that market's pretty locked up. But Nintendo's a big brand, so... Yeah, well, I mean, they, they did say that they are, they're definitely releasing an app for smart devices. I think they are trying to include tablets in that before the end of the year. Uh, but they've been incredibly vague on what yeah, th- was... that will actually do. Uh, you have no idea, is it going to be something just to manage your purchases? Are you going to be able to watch trailers? Nobody fucking knows. Maybe it's like a smart glass um, kind of thing. Yeah, they've pretty much said, we'll have an app. We're going to make an app. That's how we're going to do <laughs> We hear the kids we'll are doing app. this app thing. Um, they did say that... Uh, that They'll look at potentially moving some services to smart devices if they think that it's a better experience overall. I don't know what that means. I mean, my speculation... Oh! (laughs) We forgot the hourglass. That's okay. Uh, My speculation is uh, that things like Miiverse, like having an additional way to access Miiverse would be very helpful. Um, Because right now, you can only do it on... Um, on Wii U or 3DS, but if you are in the middle of a game and you don't want to quit out to get into Miiverse to ask for help, maybe you can do it with an app. That's a good idea. Yeah, I mean, it, any way they can kind of just infiltrate a little bit into the app store to kind of spread their word. Of course, I mean, their handheld devices are already doing so well, especially mm-hmm. compared to their other facets of their businesses. Uh, I mean, it'd be kind of interesting if they made a phone. Honestly, I don't. I don't know. Then I get really bad flashbacks to the end game. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. And you know that makes me like I. I do trust Nintendo as far as handhelds are concerned, but man, side talking. I just <laughs> I, it just no. You know, it's you, like no, it'd be great. You put the the phone right there in the 3ds, and then you when you put it up your face, <laughs> like the touch sensor, you can kind of tell where you're rubbing it. It can like tell you. you it can you tell can you if you need to visit Dollar Shave the Club. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you need a shave. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It's. I think they're really open to new ideas right now. That I, seems to I be think, what. How does a company the size of Nintendo let people know they're looking at these things? You know what I mean. So it's <laughs> like this is how they announce it, and they start those conversations that way. Yeah. And like I say, I brought up Disney for a reason. I mean, you know, you look at Disney. They. It's been what about a week since they acquired a major company, another major corporation. They got Star Wars. They got Marvel. They got Pixar. If Nintendo and Disney were to merge, that would be a juggernaut of a company. It'd be a good fit for them. I yeah, think, well, it, yeah. In, in terms of, uh, you know, Disney's very young-oriented. They're into mainstream entertainment. They don't do a lot of mature content. Uh, and neither does Nintendo. And Nintendo wants to be mainstream. Nintendo wants to get their characters in front of a much wider audience. Uh, I mean, they're now putting their, uh, uh, their Mario in like McDonald's kids meals, I think in uh, at least in the UK. Really? Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, I think that was a newly announced thing. They did say that they're expanding their licensing, so apparently that's one of the first things they're doing. Got and look at the opportunity that Nintendo would have with traditional media alone. I don't think you can point to anything worse than Nintendo's track record in movies and TV. Is has there been a good? Nintendo. Oh, Are you on, telling me Mario that the Super Brothers. Mario Brothers movie the was cartoons? not good? Was a, uh, the, the, movie. Bob, the movie with Bob Hoskins? Yeah. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> oh, it was terrible. It was absolutely horrible. <laughs> Who was Bowser in that? Was it uh, Rupert Everett? No, it was uh, Dustin Hoffman. Dennis yeah. Miller. Thank you. No, Dustin Hoffman. You're was kidding. Yeah. yeah. It was Dennis Hopper. 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 Yeah, Hopper. Listen, JJ's over there. Dennis We're talking Hopper. about film. Here, JJ perks up. And by perks <laughs> up, I mean he's like at a 45-degree angle on the couch as opposed to a 30-degree angle. I don't know that including that in the canon of film really does film any favors, but yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, it was a movie. Then there was a Super Mario Bros. <laughs> cartoon in the 80s that was iffy, but I mean, it's like, I mean, imagine if, you know, Disney and, this is all speculation, but if Disney and uh, Nintendo were to merge and Nintendo's making games with Disney characters in it and Star Wars characters and Marvel characters and Disney now can make, or Pixar could turn around and make a Mario movie and a Metroid movie. You know, and a, a Legend of Zelda, get the fuck out, it's crazy. That's, I mean, yeah. that's an interesting they, area they haven't really expanded in too much. You, you don't see near the uh, the marketing it to live action or uh, animated features as many, pretty much every other game company will sell that out in a second. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that, like, that's something they're interested in getting into. They're just not good at it. They, um, uh, I think they were, they announced last year that they were making a cartoon, an animated series based on, uh, on Wind Waker graphics mm-hmm. and all that stuff, and that was going to release on the 3DS. No one, who uses like the Nintendo's 3DS video 
Anybody? Anybody? No. Bueller? No. Goes unused Nobody. But they, like, that's, so they're making it. They're just, they just don't have any way to distribute it. All right. You know, to, to people who care. Fair enough. Or to yeah. people, like, just in, in ways that people use. Did I read correctly that you like the fact that when you buy something in the, in the Nintendo eShop yes. on your DS that you like that it shows up as a little, as a little gift? I think it's so nice that I get <laughs> then I get to unwrap it and I just like I'm like even click though, it. even though <laughs> shh, even though I just like paid money for it and basically I bought myself a present and then I get to unwrap my present. I like it. <laughs> I mean, do, you, do you at least have to use the touch controls to like kind of no the bow you just, or anything? You just, tap it. You just tap it and then it, and then it goes and then does it make that sound? Game. Is that the I'm, I'm missing it, it Gus because Gus would go so inefficient. <laughs> <laughs> Have to click it again. extra click. I love uh, it. Well, you know, on the topic of updating your stuff to make it work, uh, Xbox is also rolling out a new update. Two new updates. Yeah. February 11th is the first one, right? Mm-hmm. Right around uh, the corner. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Six yeah. days from now, less than a week from now. Yeah, that one is going to finally add back the uh, controller battery indicator, which has been missing the entire generation. Yeah, everything I've read, like that's the main thing. Is can that really be the main update that they're making in this thing? Well, is no, it's also, you can see storage now. Yeah, like you'll actually be able you to manage okay. your storage. Finally look and see how much is on your disk. But yeah, the battery thing, it's like that battery just dies. Here we I go. Mean, Here's all the items here. Yeah. See, manage storage space, control your install lineup. My games, my apps are separated. Thank God. Battery power indicator is back with an exclamation point. Uh, and use your USB keyboard. So, yeah, I mean, the battery thing is ridiculous. Your, your controller doesn't... I mean, it used to be you had that flash... Which you would eventually, after the battery got old, would just flash constantly on the 360. You get the circle thing going. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's just like, oh, it's gone. And you won't turn back on. Yeah, it's like, oh, nope, it's time to charge it. This one's done. I mean, honestly, like, that's just a small (coughs) usability feature that should have been in there from the beginning. Yeah. It's weird when you get stuff that's not there, that was there on the 360, Mm -hmm. and you go, is that really that hard to... Did no to one just, think like, of carry that? across, like, I guess. Um, but it's back. Yay. And storage Everyone is back. be happy. Um, the March one is supposed to be the, the bigger one. Yeah. That's Finally, where they're... Well, they haven't really explained exactly how, but they're supposedly going to be fixing the multiplayer join system. Yeah. Just the, the party chat as well as just the multiplayer party system, which is right now really awkward. Like, if you are in a game and you want someone to join your game, mm-hmm. it used to be you just go... Invite the game. That's it. Now it's you invite them to a party, and then from the party, then you get them. Sometimes you have an option in the game to invite them to the game. Sometimes from the party. It's you have to approve their activity feed or all that <laughs> other stuff, too. I mean, they add a lot of stuff, and the, the word used is awkward. That's, that's how I feel a lot of times when I use the desktop UI or dashboard UI for the Xbox One. It just feels, it feels awkward. And it's like I'm hoping this comes with some more refinement than what we read right there. I mean, just the fact that they're separating my, gaps, my games and my apps – that's a big deal. That yeah. might just be in the space management, though. What do you mean? Um, they're they're being separated into different lists to manage the to manage in the system thing. I don't know that that necessarily means they're separating them in the in the UI itself. Um, the wording on that wasn't entirely clear, um, but at the very least, it says you know when you can manage your installs, you can prioritize different games and apps which have now been separated into different lists, so you can prioritize them separately makes me think that it doesn't mean they're changing the front UI, just the download management for mm. updates. Okay. Okay. But, <laughs> I, but I could also be wrong about that. You know, I, like I said, it didn't go into a lot of detail mm-hmm. about that. It was just, it'll do this and this and this and this and this. <laughs> and these have been separated. Look at this. Microsoft finally learned not to tell you everything before <laughs> the actual release update <laughs> after all these months. That's right. It'll be out on <laughs> February 11th. You'll see and you'll like it or you won't. That's yeah. it. Yeah, because anytime they announce anything, the this, this summer of information was a little rough for them. <laughs> a little rough. So, well, I'm looking forward to it because I, I would like to see some, some you know, improvements in just the UI for the Xbox One. Well, they're kind of on the run with that whole – I'm sorry to cut you off. Uh, they're kind of on the run with the whole Metro UI right now. I mean, there's a new update for Windows 8 that's going to be apparently – Pushing it back to where you're actually booting to desktop and getting rid of that whole Metro UI front end that was... Maybe people will buy it then. ...suffering. Well, there's some speculation that because support for Microsoft XP, which is still out there in great numbers, uh, is finally kind of coming to an end, mm-hmm. that a lot of businesses will be needing to upgrade to something. And the pres- pressure from business is that that's just a useless for working. Yeah. It's maybe great if you have a tablet, but for other human beings, it's not a good UI. And that's the same UI that's on the Xbox and on tablet and on Windows 8. So, Well, Microsoft did appoint a new CEO Finally. This, this last week. 
Uh, and he's a veteran. He's a 19-year vet of Microsoft, so they promoted somebody internally. Satya which Nadella. Is, which is actually very impressive considering, you know, they were – the rumors had like all these people, like the the Nokia guy that was like, "Yeah, I'll just sell Xbox off, whatever." Yeah, that was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that was a great pre-announcement. There's a property that ain't yeah. doing much. We'll spin that off into nothing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this guy. So I think someone who's a 19-year veteran of Microsoft. Um, I don't know a lot about him in particular, but it seems like that person is probably pretty steeped in the OS side of the business. Oh, he's apparently the uh, the guru of the cloud-based systems. Is that what is, is that yeah, his deal? That's, that's okay. where he's coming from. So. Uh, well, I mean, that's good. Cloud technology is really kind of an evolving thing right now. So. I mean, he would have started with uh, Microsoft in 95 for the launch of Windows 95. Oof. And that's their first gra- really graphical you know, mm-hmm. interface. I mean, they had Windows 3.1, but this is, I mean, I think Windows 95 is when the that's Windows the, we know today. That's the birth of the start menu. It is the birth of the start menu there to go to shutdown. <laughs> and, uh, so this guy, I think, I think he'll be pretty steeped in it. I mean, obviously, Microsoft has evolved a lot over the years getting into gaming. Now they make phones, you know, or the OS for phones. Uh, so I think, I think you know, this guy will be concentrating a lot more. The, the OS and the office divisions at Microsoft, I mean, everything else we talk about here on the patch is really cool, but those, that's the corner, that's the center of that business. And they, uh, that's their they money make printer. a lot of money. Office mm-hmm. in particular. That, that division just prints money. Yeah, I mean, that's basically the cornerstone of our entire computer architecture is a few very small, or a few companies, Microsoft, uh, Linux, and uh you know, Apple. Which, which, when we talk about Nintendo potentially getting into, you know, any kind of phones or mobile or anything like, like you know, mobile beyond like DS, um, it's not, you can't always make those moves and they work out for you. I mean, mm-hmm. Microsoft's the biggest OS brand in the world, easily in the US. And, you know, when they start a Windows phone, they can't get the traction that Apple does. And Apple or the tablet. Well, yeah, either one of them. Um, but, I mean, that's kind of a fallacy in that Windows has done mobile for ages like i had windows mobile phones from my from like 2004 um right after my sidekick <laughs> um you know i had like it was like who they the, bought by the way they bought danger oh well there you go uh, <laughs> so i never really left you sidekick. didn't actually leave. <laughs> i wonder if he worked with that danger lost all their data from their cloud at one point just like oh all oh, right sorry everybody reset they got some of it back though didn't Oof. they i did they i think they got some of it back <laughs> Undo control Z and they got it all back. <laughs> Turned out there was a guy out back with a hard drive. Just, so what are you saying? Oh. But you just, you're, you're, I'm just saying that they've they've been doing it for a really long time. The fact that they just well, they don't changed have the market up share. The, they had a lot of market share earlier on, and then I think they slowly slowly lost it to BlackBerry, um, and then uh, and then to iPhone. And so the, and they decided they need to do something really big and dramatic. And so that's when they were. Uh, you know, decided to go into this Metro interface and Windows Phone 7. I mean, it is actually Windows Phone 7. Six, like, I I helped put 6 out. Yep. Um, and, or 6.5, maybe. I think it was 6.5. And uh, it was supposed to be, like, the savior of of Windows mobile operating systems. Yeah. whoops. Yeah. Some, I, I might not remember this, like, generation of Windows phones that was between, like, the Nokias and the Blackberries. I don't remember <laughs> what you're talking about. You were just on your sidekick. Yeah, I did have a sidekick. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty goddamn awesome. I love my sidekick. I loved my sidekick. You know, I could change the bumpers. Totally sweet, man. I had pink <laughs> bumpers because I was all, like, fragdolled up. Nice. And you had to pay a buck eighty for a ringtone, if I recall correctly. <laughs> it's ridiculous. That was Sidekick was a, like a full chat pad. It was basically a messenger phone. It was. It was like a, the the wide sort of thing, and but it had like this is a cool thing is you did like flick, and the screen would go, and then it would just like flick up, uh-huh. and then you just slide it down. It would cover the keyboard. Oh man! <laughs> it's so funny too because I remember it being like this like <laughs> state of the art sleek device. If I went back and saw one today, it was probably this big. You know, the, oh, the, yeah. the actual Sidekick. It was like. On its side, it was like this wide. It was like an egg it in was your pocket. Huge. It had extra utility. You could like hunt and kill with it if you needed to. And I don't think, honestly, you look at mobile devices, I don't think any product in the world has a sidekick right there. That's a sidekick 2. What's up, sidekick It might two? be a sidekick <laughs> 3 because it has the rollerball. You could probably behead oh, yeah, someone with the way it flipped out, too. Yeah. Just I don't remember having those awesome. color Wolverine options. Claws. We all had it. <laughs> Jeff had one. We all had him. Jeff would break his screen, crack his screen like once every three months and he went through about seven of those damn phones and he could never figure out how he kept cracking his screen he'd just wake up one morning and it'd be like he was doing his sleep he'd wake up and his, his screen would be cracked but I remember no product in the world had a shorter lifespan than the Microsoft Kin you remember oh that, that thing? oh my god I do oh, remember wow. that there was Kin and then they had like a second one and that lasted for like a month and then was just gone and you never heard about it I thought it was, it was as if it <laughs> didn't exist I thought they cancelled the product before they shipped it 
I, the, the whole thing. I it, remember it was like the the it could window have been that time. Early. It was, the window time was short, man. You heard about like it, it's coming. Much, yeah. Like you'd see all these things in the media, like Microsoft's new thing and this, and it's gonna it's coming out, and then it looked it just, like a puck. It just yeah, it was yeah, round. It yeah, it was a little puck. And then just like nothing very, ever very eventuated. Obsolete technology we podcast today. Veered off yeah. into technology today. Well, let me read something real quick. Uh, Curbing your appetite doesn't get any easier just because you make a New Year's resolution to lose weight. Bernie and Ashley are very excited about this. Because this means we can eat these now. When 3 p.m. hunger pangs hit, you can tough it out and get cranky and lightheaded. Or you can hit the vending machine and pack on the pounds. But now there's a third option. Snack smarter in the new year. Sign up to Nature Box for great tasting, healthy snacks sent right to your door. And I'm not talking about rabbit food. Think French toast granola, salted caramel, pretzel pops, dark cocoa almonds... That's just good set to even say. It's so good. Uh, and more, designing to leave you full and healthy. Check it out now at naturebox.com slash roosterteeth. You'll find zero trans fats, zero high, fructo- high fructose corn syrup, something so bad I can't even say fructose. it, and nothing artificial. And NatureBox ships for free, just like nature does. Can you get mail at a tree? Right, <laughs> right now, your head. Uh, try your first order of NatureBox at 50% off going to www.naturebox.com slash roosterteeth. That's naturebox.com slash roosterteeth. Stop the vending machine madness. Snack smarter in 2014. Get a handle on your health and your hunger. Go to naturebox.com slash roosterteeth. You know, Gus actually hid this box. Oh, you, you, I was going to tell the story. Go ahead. Oh, good. No, 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 no. Please, please do it. Apparently, he, he hid this box specifically so <laughs> we that we could to. show it off on the patch today. Yeah, this box. Uh, and there are already because, three or four bags missing. It, he, no. he showed it to me. They're he, just he, the tops left. He had hidden it away because the, when these things come in, sometimes they end up on the table in, in the break area, and then people just ransack them. Barbara is, That's like, amazing. Death, yeah. Barbara, stop stealing the shortbread. <laughs> and uh, Gus said, uh, I said, I said, oh, we have Nature Box this week. Are we going to have actually snacks on there? He goes, yeah, look, I hit it. And he opened it up, and there was two of the tops of the bags that were ripped <laughs> off. They left the trash in the box. Whoever had gone through and picked through it. And he, Gus was, he was so furious. He was so furious. Yeah, but it happens all the time. I was actually on a conference call today where yeah. I got on one of the guys that I was on the conference call with. Listens to our podcast, and he said, I just ordered your na- that Nature Box stuff that you guys are always advertising. God, I love these That's things. That's good. That's yeah. the, um, the pumpkin seeds? Yeah, pumpkin nice. seeds. It's sea salt and cracked pepper, and it's amazing. Well, I thought, I thought these were all like the right? same. I thought every box was the same, but they mix it up. Anyway. No. Almost tastes <laughs> like caramel. So yeah. we can talk about the Microsoft CEO. Let's talk some gaming. What's yeah. some gaming news? Uh, gaming news. If we want to get, Ooh. since we're in traditional media stuff and we're going to get away from it, anybody see the uh, Need for Speed movie trailer? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Quit. Just quit. Yeah. I'm sorry, Aaron Paul. I'm sorry, Aaron Paul. See, You can't do it. Just leave. Just really? Away. Look at that. See, here I, right here. I like Aaron, Aaron Paul. Paul from Breaking I think Bad. he's a cool dude. Um, but I also always felt like The Fast and the Furious was Need for Speed the movie, so. Yeah. Yeah. Eh. It just doesn't have my interest. <laughs> I'll go watch Fast and <laughs> Fast 7 or Fast 8 or. You know, maybe one day this podcast will get to the point where that could be a quote on the movie poster, like. Yeah, and <laughs> Ashley Jenkins, the what Patch is, Podcast. I mean, realistically, that may be the best review that movie gets. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. I'd watch it if I was strapped to a chair and my eyes were held open with tape. I so, don't know what more they can add to a car movie. Like, I, I feel like I've seen every car movie, you know? Look, after I saw, was it Vin Diesel drive a car under a semi that was rolling and blowing up at the same time, I just went, nope. I'm like, you know <laughs> that what? It. That's it. That's it. This is the pinnacle. It's all downhill from there. We didn't talk about it on the podcast, I don't think at least, but before we were watching a video where someone had edited together from the first three Transformers movies, they had edited together every single transformation that oh, happens yeah. in, in all the movies. And so you just watch like 10 minutes of just CGI madness. So basically like Transformer fan porn. Basically, that's what it mm-hmm. was. And I was like, after like a minute of it, I was completely numb to it. And they, well, you saw how much work went into the choreography of each one. And like Jack's over my shoulder and we're watching us. Oh, that's from one. No, that's from three. That's from two. I'm like, who, the, who can tell the difference between any of these movies? I mean, it's like, Jack, Jack Patillo. They're great, but it's like, I, I can't tell you one thing that happened in the first Transformers <laughs> movie, the last one. I can't tell you any difference between those movies. I can't remember anything. No, no, no. I had it a Victoria's Secret girl instead of Megan Fox. Right, That's and that right. was the one where the robots were fighting over something. Sure, it was and all Shia LaBeouf, though, right? Yeah. Which one had Egypt? He's not. In, he's not the new one now. No, uh, now it's Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Good and you luck, know, Mark. It's a generational thing you know, too because it's like the hot ingenue that's in it, the Megan Fox replacement. It's like she's on screen with uh, 
Mark Wahlberg, and I'm like, I'm like, well, that's an interesting pairing. And then they're doing something in a robot attacks, and she looks at him and she goes, Dad! And I was like, oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> so Mark Wahlberg is now playing the hot dad, apparently. You know what? I'm going to allow it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Can Ashley Jenkins games? Huh? Yeah, games. Games. Okay, so Transformers is a game. It's yeah. robots that turn yeah. into it's all right. other it's stuff. A, they had a couple of It's games. a movie tie-in game. Yeah. It's, well, um, they sell toys. We've been playing um, uh, Broken Age. Oh, so have I. <gasps> High five. Done. Okay. All right. How far have you gotten? Um, I finished, no spoilers. I finished, there's two it, stories you can play. There's, yeah. yeah, so the, the basis of the game is there's two stories. There's uh, the girl, Vela, mm-hmm. um, who's in like a... It's not like a typical fantasy, but it's definitely like the out of the two, it's the fantasy world. Uh, and then there's Shay, who's in a spaceship, so he's a space technology guy. Um, I've played all the way through hers. Okay. I've just started his. I'm a little bit into like I'm a, I'm a couple days into that. Okay. Yeah. This is a game by Double Fine. Specifically, this one was designed by Tim Schafer. And right. The reason that's a big deal is because it's been like 16 years since he's designed an adventure game. He was he did Grim Fandango. He did. He did, you know, the Monkey Island. Yeah, you know, which uh, my is, favorite was Psychonauts. Psychonauts, so good, that was such a dude. Good game. Oh, that game completely was... fell flat they... too at the time. Like four hundred thousand dollar goal for their Kickstarter. Did, they they hit three point three million. What's that? Kickstarter sequel. There's a Kickstarter sequel. No, they should. They Double should. fine. Get on that. Psychonauts. You heard it here Psychonauts first. Psychonauts too. I'll do a voice. Sure. Why wouldn't they? Yeah. Three point three million dollars when they were asking for four hundred thousand. Well, but the funny thing about that for is that age? for Broken Age, so they asked for four hundred thousand, mm-hmm. and uh, and they got three point three million. Uh, but the reason they ended up having to split it into two episodes instead of have it all together is because Tim Schafer came back and was like, oops, I designed too much game. So we're going to split it. And so the reason it's on Steam Early Access now is because they're using that to fund the development of the second half. Oh, my gosh. So I don't know. Like, I, they actually released, I think, um, a vision of what the $400,000 version would have looked like. Uh-huh. But... Like he ended up with like seven times the amount and still designed too much game. That's pretty amazing. Now, having played the game, that's pretty far. Does it feel like a four million dollar plus game to you? I don't know anything about game budgets. I mean, it's not like a yeah. I mean, there's not like a hardcore three D assets that you have to build. Well, maybe some, but it's all hand painted, hand animated. It looks like a story, like a children's storybook. Is what it it looks like. It does very much. Like like a lot of double fine. Tim Schafer things. It's got great art direction. I, mm. oh, I do love that. Beautiful. It looks amazing. Yeah, absolutely. So let me let me then bring it down. Then instead of talking about the bring budget it of it, do you think it's a twenty dollars game that you paid for? Do you think it's worth the twenty bucks you paid for it? No, no. Right? Well, yes and no. I would have paid that anyway because I really like adventure games. You know, I mean, I'm I'm here wishing for a longest journey HD remake. So um, <laughs> I would have paid it anyway, and I I. Greatly enjoyed myself. I would say I enjoyed myself worth twenty bucks. You know, that's like what two movies? Sure. Yeah, I um, mean, games but, in general have a they're really efficient money wise for the amount of entertainment hours you get out of a dollar. Yeah, but I do think it's a little bit weird that I've played the first half and now have to wait to get the second half of my game. And Episodic it is coming free. Is huge these days. Well, the second episode is going to be free. Mm-hmm. It's just weird. Is it free? It or is. Or it's like a DLC it's update? You, it's free. It, okay. it'll, it'll be a free update. For, um, I mean, it'd be funny if the, everyone could play the second one for free, but they couldn't <laughs> play the first one. They had to pay to get the first part of the story. No, it'll be free for anyone who bought the first yeah. one. Gotcha, I get you. Um, you know, which I, I guess it goes back to them. That's how they're funding it. So we're basically now Steam Early Access backers of the second episode. What did you think about it? Uh, I, I hadn't got as far in. I've played uh, maybe a couple of, an hour or so into each storyline. Um and you know it it's so pretty to look at which is you know nice to start with and then it's just kind of a fun game like it uh it really reminds me of those old school like mm-hmm. kind of an evolution of the king's quest series uh where you've got you know the item management and that kind of thing and then you just talk to people and solve little puzzles it's just a light kind of fun game that seems like to me like there's going to be some fun story to it and i like the world building yeah the like none, neither of those worlds are like anything that I've seen in other games. Absolutely. Especially, I played Shay's story through most of it, I think, and uh, it's uh, the spaceship that he's on is, like, really, really, really interesting, yeah. the design of it. And it features the voice of Elijah Wood as Shay. Mm-hmm. And who could not sit around listening to Elijah Wood? Now, before he uh, did the, the voice in Red versus Blue, did he have a lot of voice acting, or is this, like, a new thing that he's getting into because it seems like fun? He's uh, good at it. I don't know. You know, voice acting in particular, I mean, no, I don't... I don't 
Not that I'm aware of. I should look into that. I don't, I don't really know. He, he was in Happy Feet. Uh, he oh, was the lead right. dude in Happy oh, Feet. Yeah. So right, he was. That's a big production. Um, I hated that movie. Well, yeah. I mean, we know that Red vs. Blue really put him on the map. But really, I mean, yeah, Happy Feet indeed. Was, We're just happy to help out in any way, <laughs> in any way that we can. But uh, it's, uh, I got to say, it's like there was a lot of things going on. It's Tim Schafer. It's got Elijah Wood in it. Uh, it's got a great art direction, which I really like a lot in smaller games. I just, I'll be honest, some about it. It just didn't hold my attention. Really? I, it might be the interface of just clicking on stuff until I get the right response. Mm-hmm. And I just, that's not the kind of guy, game I want to play. I just, I really didn't want to play it. And I wanted to get through it. Basically, what he's saying is he doesn't like adventure games. <laughs> because <laughs> that's what they are. It is absolutely true to that genre. That's true. I mean, I get it, it is much more casual than, say, Psychonauts was, where Psychonauts oh, had yeah. more of a third person running around interacting with your environment more directly, where yeah. this is much more. I think you really kind of pegged it with the calling it kind of like a children's storybook. It's like a really interactive children's storybook. Yeah, and the graphics are unlike anything I've seen before. Mm-hmm. Did he do? Um, did Tim Schafer do the claymation game? Uh, was it Neverhood? Did he do that? No, my, not that, that I know of. Let me see. I'll see who developed that. Yeah, but you know, Tim, Tim Schafer's always done an amazing job with uh, art direction and great games. Like he did Brutal Legend. He was one of the guys that was working on Brutal Legend as well, which yeah. is just like basically it's. The, the world was based on heavy metal album covers and, like, those. And, like, if there was wow. a world built of those, it's just amazing. Jack really amazing. Black actually did an amazing job voice acting that game, too. I was, I was pleasantly surprised. I'm so He's used really to seeing... pretty talented. He, mean, he really is. He almost, like, he underplays how great he is in movies because he's basically just playing it like a loser making fun of himself. But he's a really talented musician. He was a, like he did a fantastic job voice acting Brutal Legend. I mean, he, as far as I'm concerned, made that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was unfortunate that it fell a little bit flat commercially. You know. Well, you know, sometimes those really cool games do. Like they're sometimes being cool in a certain way really only appeals to people that appreciate that cool. Like Psychonauts. Yeah, like Psychonauts. I mean, that was a really fun game, really cool game. It had a really cool tone and story to it, but just didn't resonate with a lot of people, yeah. I guess, because they didn't buy it. Well, it, it apparently had some camera issues and uh, maybe some yeah. platforming issues. When I played it, um, and this was, I thought it was weird because it was one of the first games I ever uh, actually heard like a radio ad for, and I was like, I know that game. <laughs> uh, I wasn't, I, like, I didn't play it critically. Mm-hmm. You know, this was early enough in my gaming that I wasn't jaded and, didn't look you know, to pick and, on and, it. And, and apathetic. I just was playing it, and I was loved the different minds, the, the worlds that you would go into. Everyone was so unique and uh-huh. so much fun and so colorful and so so great. Kind of Tim Burton-y almost, really. Yeah, it, yeah, it really was. Really they had off. that, everything's uh, a little skewed. Well, uh, interesting. talking of Broken Age, there's an, another little interesting stat that somebody came up with recently, which was the reports on the number of Kickstarters who have actually developed or actually delivered on their titles. Broken Age is a really interesting Kickstarter title to me because they asked for 400000 they got about $3.5 million, and then they announced for whatever reason that they were beyond the scope of their budget that they had. And there was a initial – now, they said later that they weren't asking for more money, that they weren't going to go back to the Kickstarter backers and ask for more money. But – that was after this huge outcry of, like, we're not going to give you any more money. You beat your goal by, you know, almost 10x, you know, and so we're not, we're not going to give you any more money. But I thought it was really interesting in the era of uh, crowd-financed, you know, media is that if Tim Schafer had said, I'm working on a game, it's the first adventure game I've worked in over a decade, and I'm making it, and I need more money to make it, everybody on a forum would say, hey, you know, whoever, EA, give him more money. What's wrong with you? Come on. Give him more money. Just give, let him make the game. But when it was them, now they become the producers and the financiers of this. They're like, hey, we paid you. <laughs> we paid you to make this game. You said you could make this game. Make the game. You said you could make it for a lot less. Yeah. And it's so, it's so exactly. You mm-hmm. could make it for way less than what we ended up giving you. And it's so funny to, to have to see the, the, the public be like the tough guy in that situation. But then they ended up, like, I guess, making up the difference Double Fine did out of their own pockets. Whether or not they initially intended to do that, they said they did, but it certainly didn't seem like that at the time, as I recall. A couple of interesting notes um, from Twitter. One is that Elijah Wood also voice-acted Spyro the Dragon. Mm. Oh, wow. Which I totally didn't know, but that's <laughs> yep. amazing. Yep. Um, and another is that um, Femshep, Jennifer Hale, is the voice of the ship in Broken Age. She's oh. the voice of Mom? She's the voice of Mom. Oh, that's okay. great. That's, I'm, gonna, I'm absolutely going to go back and play that right now. In fact, hold on. The character, the, the character design right on the now. ship and the ship's computer is amazing. It's re- it really, and listen, there's a lot of stuff in this. I'm going to go back and give her another shot. But for whatever reason, it just, I don't it's know. It's very casual. You it have to be ready for that casual Grab me. Game. Yeah. It's, uh, if you 
I mean, that's what, uh, the best way I can think of it, is that it, if I'm really in the mood to, like, really actively play something, it's not a game that really appeals to that. You know what it might be? I think it might be, a, I would have liked that better as a tablet game. Because the that era of point tablet. and click on the screen to find stuff, I, would, I guess I, now that seems like a clunky interface to me, and I should just be, like, tapping stuff. I'd be really surprised if it doesn't come out on mobile devices at some point. But, um, you know, knowing that, that PC is the background of adventure games, I think... It's nice that it came out on PC first. Well, I will not play it if it comes out for tablets or the phone because I will be busy playing Flappy Bird <laughs> and trying to, to, trying to break your, my high score. What's your high score now? I'm now at 35 on Flappy Bird. And I'm, I'm, I'm listen, I'm going for 36. Amazing. So, I am see? so surprised your phone's intact. Yeah, why? What's wrong? Oh, because I get mad at the game? Yes. It's a hard game. This is what happens when Angry Bird doesn't trademark Bird, and now you get all these other Bird games <laughs> right. trying to trade those, on their success. Uh, there's Flappy those Bird! Those guys <laughs> were onto something up. after all. Seems so simple. Look at him. You go, Flappy Bird. You get between those fights. You know what's pipes. funny is it looks like, that looks like Mario. That looks like, you know, How Mario Bird. That looks sued. like the That looks like oh, the Mario pipe. can't trademark a pipe. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, maybe you can. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you Let's get our can. In, in, the, in the current climate, you can trademark <laughs> anything. Speaking of trademarks, the Ubisoft trademark thing. Oh, yeah. Did, did yeah. we not talk about Oh, we talked about that or on the podcast watch, on Monday. Dog, yeah. watch, dogs. watch Dogs. Watching Dogs. Watching Dogs. <laughs> That's a totally different game from Nintendo. It's just Watching Dogs. In partnership with Animal Planet. I do that at home a lot. Uh, yeah, so there was a, an interesting thing over the weekend. Um, on Saturday, someone, not Ubisoft, impersonated the CEO, Yves Guimau, and... Filed an express abandonment for the Watchdogs trademark. How, I would love to hear that impression of him calling the office. <laughs> no, no, no. He yes, didn't. hello. We'd like to cancel the trademark. No, he just he forged a like he filled out a document, forged a signature. It was like this whole big thing. You know, the, they should me, be embarrassed by that. That like some dude could just like <laughs> well, cancel a trademark. He didn't succeed. Well, so then they uh, enough to where it was reported. <laughs> I mean, well, they got it back. I mean, it was actually listed as abandoned. Yeah. Um. So it went into abandoned status. Um. On Monday. And then, uh, you know, so then Ubisoft says, so we just got this email that we filed an express abandonment. We didn't file that. So, I, I mean, if you think about it, like, that's a pretty huge deal. Someone forged a document about a trademark. That's a federal. I'm saying. That's a big deal. The federal office should be embarrassed that it was yes. that easy. Oh, okay. to, not so Ubisoft. Ubisoft I'm saying right. the federal office that some dude could just sign a piece of paper and cancel somebody else's trademark. Do you that's think this is the guy that maybe you just heard about this whole thing on Twitter where this person, you know, they've had a couple of Twitter accounts that have been reported basically blackmailed the, them and stole it. Yeah, it's like it was in. N. 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 Yeah. Right, there we go. He was one of the original uh, uh, developers of Echo Phone, which is one of the first early uh, Twitter API-based oh. uh, like apps. I and remember so, that. I used to use Echo Phone. Uh, yeah, that's, that's that guy. And so I think it was Jack who told me that. And it's a, yeah, that's why that guy has N as his Twitter oh. handle, or did. Or did <laughs> until, and, but it was a really convoluted like plot of like, extortion. And how a lot of social engineering. And then, I mean, the guy apparently explained it, exactly how he did it after the fact. But, I mean, that story came out. And then there was a guy that had JB that reported a similar story only he managed to hold on to his because he was sitting there watching the emails come in as this guy started taking over his other accounts wow uh but and then ultimately yeah this story comes out right after that so i wonder if someone was like well this is really easy let's see what else i can get away with yep who knows but what's the what's the benefit of canceling the trademark Sell it back to them. It's like what Trade ma- trademark it and then sell it back I, to them. Is that the deal? They abandoned the trademark. Yeah, but that, it just goes to show how like these aren't real things, right? Yeah. It's like, well, they canceled the trademark and the office is like, oh, we'll just turn it back on. Like, it's not a real thing. It's like we just like – we say you have this thing. We say you have this idea uh-huh. and it's yours alone and only you can use it. And it's like then somebody turns it off. But at the end of the day, that doesn't even matter because nothing's lost. It's not like they threw something away that they can't get back, you know? Who knows? Maybe someone has secretly launched, like, some major watchdogs brand in the meantime, and they go, what? The trademark wasn't active when you know, we launched. While, <laughs> well, yeah, while it was inactive, people started pumping out merchandise. There was a window right making there. Making sure it was all printed at that point in time. <laughs> yeah. But you brought up something, too, is that when you brought up, like, Flappy Bird is huge right now, and you talked about Angry Birds not trademarking birds on the iPhone. <laughs> and look at them. They're, they're, the value of their franchise is diminished now by Flappy Bird. But it's like... I was talking with Ashley. It seems like the, the mascot for the internet is a cat. Like, if you think about, like, the internet in general, the animal you most associate with a cat, mobile has de facto become birds. That birds are associated with mobile now. It's like Twitter, Angry Birds, Tiny Wings, Flappy Bird. Why are birds so big on mobile? You know, they're small. They're a little mobile device. It's like, you could fly it if it's, you wanted it's to. It's because you're free and flying? Yeah, is that what it is? Sure. But it's one of those things that's just kind of like, 
happening on its own. You know, that like everything is bird related that's on, on mobile. At least I, the stuff that I play. I blame Twitter and Angry Birds. Yeah. You should. Yeah. Darn yeah. things getting popular. I'm going to write them a strongly worded letter. You should. <laughs> you should try to take their trademark. I'll, I'll write them a See strong- if you can get their Twitter account. <laughs> I'll, I'll write trademark them a strongly birds. worded tweet. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's 150? 40? 40? 40? Yeah, so He's still Twitter, know that little about it. <laughs> Over 23 million people play Flappy Bird according to the leaderboards they have. What in the world? Yeah, well, their leaderboards also say there are a lot of people with the 9,999 as their high score. So you have a ways to go. <laughs> it is true. And also, it's like my 35, I saw my ranking in the leaderboards, and I was like number 8 million. I'm like, You're, it took me like four hours of playing this 45-second game over and over again to get to 8 millionth in the world. I'd be like last in New York City, essentially, is what I would be. That's unbelievable. Well, I'm getting to 36. I don't care what anybody says. I'm sticking with it. I love that game. Great. Well, good luck with that. I listen. I like a simple We're all game. Very happy for simple you. mechanic <laughs> that is really, really. Sounds really like Ashley's a little bitter. Is she a couple? She, well, she has to hear the sound again and again and again. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't play it because I have common sense. <laughs> oh come on! I saw it and I was like, nope. That's why. A Did you good for it? Yeah. Look. Okay. Look. <laughs> oh wow. No. No. I just have like there are there are places that I want to spend my time, and Flappy Birds. Flappy Birds is going to get me nowhere. Oh, please. How, how, listen, Jonas Salk invented oh, a vaccine please. for polio, <laughs> but I got to level 35 on Flappy Birds. I flew through 35 pipes in a row. I'm comfortable saying let's let history be the judge of who is the better man. Well, I'm right sure here. history will definitely remember one of those feats. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You'll be recorded forever as 8 million. <laughs> Until then, I'll be chasing number 36. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, anything else to talk about? No. Uh, well, what, I mean, there's always about? more to talk hey, they about. Want you to, the, everybody wants you to mention the PokeBank is now available oh, in yeah. North America. PokeBank's in the U.S. Um, it came out today. They, Nintendo has a really weird thing. Well, not Nintendo specifically, but like the Pokemon things. They don't say, like since it went away, they don't say it's coming back this date. They just go, oh, surprise, it's back. So they just surprise released it for Europe yesterday and went, congratulations, Europe. And they went, North America, you'll have it soon. Someday. But they didn't say anything. Someday you can. And then today they go, guess what? You got it. What does it do? It stores Pokemon. Never mind. I don't want to. And people <laughs> feel like day one, everybody hacked it and put Pokemon in it that was supposed to be there. Um, like there was super, super Pokemon. You're saying there's a legal trade <laughs> in Pokemon right I'm now. I'm like, you hit the wall of my Pokemon Poke- knowledge <laughs> so fast. Pokemon. I can't even. I can't even bullshit beyond 45 seconds. Uh, I last longer in Flappy Bird <laughs> than I did in Pokemon. I can tell you more about the mythos of that game. Yeah. Oh, Loadout. Also, some people are saying talk about Loadout. So we just put out a trailer. Uh, the, the guys over at Edge of Reality asked us to make a Loadout trailer. Um, and I thought it turned out great. Yeah. Uh, did a great job with it. And uh, so Loadout has officially launched now. And people are playing. The longtime attendee of uh, RTX. Hopefully they'll be back at RTX this year. So go play some Loadout. Yeah, we did a couple of plays in it. It's a fun game. It's free to play and real free to play. Not yeah. this scandalous Pay to play, which that's right. Yeah, Nintendo coined a new phrase. Did you hear the new phrase? No. Free to start. That's their thing. It's free to start the game, which I kind of that's more honest, honestly. For, it's much more honest. Yeah, it's like you, you know, it's gonna. It's like the first one's free. Yeah, the first taste is always free, Bernie. Yeah. That's how it goes. And I mean, is that really, is that really any different that model than the demo model? Because when it put out Doom on sh- on like countertops, that's where I first bought Doom. You bought it, and you could, yeah, you could buy the cash register. It was like at the there was like oh, pop sorry. display. I, th- I was like, I was like, I yeah, they leave it in your kitchen. <laughs> it sound like a stretch, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they, like cash register, like point of purchase display. You could buy Doom, and then you had the first, I want to say like one or two levels, or maybe even the first yep. full mission, and then you had to pay to unlock. It was back then. It was called shareware, shareware. but now they call it you know free to play. It's just everyone's. It delivers directly to everyone's pocket now. Well, I think it's the same model. I, I think the distinction of. with free to play is you can play it, mm-hmm. like that's a, that's a thing. But if you want to get somewhere faster, or if you, uh, you know, if you want to get like a thing that doesn't really change it but makes your dude look cool, then that's sort of how they that's how they run those. At least the at least yeah. the good ones mm-hmm. do. There are a lot that are extortionary. Like and Loadout, Loadout has a very good reputation. I unfortunately have not played a lot of Loadout, but it has a very good reputation for being a game that does free-to-play right. Yeah. It's it, not, it's not what, just... From everything I saw, it really did. It's not just an entry point to their microtransaction right. system. Which Welcome a lot to the of store. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, that everything? That's we're everything. Good? That's everything. We covered. We still have a massive amount of time in our Look hourglass. Look at all the sand. <laughs> we forgot to turn I'm over. I'm kind of dis- depressed by how much is left. Son, you can shake it down. 
Shake I've been playing way too much it, Minecraft shake lately. It, shake that it, actually shake looks it. like the gunpowder, like pile that the creeper leaves behind. Okay, when, if when it you dies. have been playing too it's much like Minecraft, if you think that this that anything looks like Minecraft, like that's, <laughs> that is true. Eight bit <laughs> world has no <laughs> translation to actual objects. Hey, some, of those, some of those texture packs. The lower bulb does really though. On that note, Bernie has lost his mind, and uh, we will be na- back next week if I can talk, which Woo! I can. So thanks everybody. Hopefully, I'll be at thirty six on Flappy Bird by next week. He won't. I probably won't be. No. Yeah.